Well, good evening, church and guests, loved ones, friends, family. We have an opportunity just to slow down for a few minutes. What we want to do is we want to open God's Word. We want to be able to hear about the Christmas story, the real Christmas story, in the midst of so much shopping and cooking and all the hoopla of the holidays. Be able to just pause and ask, what what is this all about? We could could summarize in just two words, what is Christmas all about? You could say, it's about good news. It's about good news. If you have a copy of God's Word, if you want to open that to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's towards the, the back of the Bible after you get past the Old Testament, New Testament kicks off with what are called the Gospels. And the Christmas story is found in two different places. And it's found in Matthew, and then it's found in Luke. So half of the Gospel writers wrote about the events, real historical events of Christmas, what we know of Christmas. And so I, I want I want us to be clear about what is the good news. The good news is that a king has come, a savior has arrived, that he wasn't just promised to come, but 2,000 years ago he finally came after so long of waiting and waiting for a Messiah, for a rescuer, for a savior, for a king to come to be able to rule rightly. And some of us are aware of all the ways that leaders rule selfishly. Anybody could give examples of that? Anybody in a position of leadership, whether it be a president, whether it be your your boss, whether it be in your home, that there is a lot of bad leadership. And the good news is the leader, Jesus, came. And he is all the goodness in the place of all of the badness. And he has arrived. And 2,000 years ago, hope arrived in the person of Jesus. And I don't, I don't know if you're into taking notes, but uh, if you are, if you want to write things down, uh, if your children have crayons, this is the time that you can encourage them to even color in their Bible, do whatever. You can take that Bible home with you. And that, that's your Christmas gift. But if you want to write this down, behold, and every time we see the word behold in Scripture, this should come to your mind. Some of you already know it. You already know it. You should be thinking, check it out. All right? So every time you hear behold, that's your part. Okay? So you can say, check it out! Or you can check it out. Maybe maybe a humble Christmas whisper. Maybe you just need a little bit of check out. Y'all, come on, check it out. Whatever you want to do. Okay? Every time you hear behold, you are going to do your part. So... If you're taking notes, behold, okay, not bad. Hope in Jesus as your good news and great joy. Your good news and your great joy. I don't know what you're trusting in for goodness. I don't know what you define as good. I don't know what is great joy to you. But if it's not Jesus, your whole life is like this. Up and down and up and down and up and down and I'm waiting for the joy to come. I'm waiting for the good to come. And it's almost here and I think I had it for a little bit and then I lost it. If Jesus is not your good news and your great joy, your life is very predictable in regards to being absolute chaotic roller coaster ride. Because everything in your life is coming and going. Everything in your life is always changing. This Christmas, you can know this. Check this out. Jesus, unchangeable, good news, great joy. If you 
want to follow with me in verse 8 of Luke 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Anybody familiar with those, those shepherds? We see some pictures, images. Maybe in somebody's front yard, you got some shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. They're minding their own business, doing the mundane tasks. Anybody, anybody feel the, the mundaneness of your life? I'm just like showing up again, going through the motions and going to work and coming home and, and by, by night, these shepherds doing their thing. And God's grace shows up. Good news shows up when they least expect it. Could we just have a little side note? Shepherds of the day, not uppity high class. Okay, we're talking they didn't own their sheep, probably. They were hired hands. They smelt like sheep. They hung out with sheep all day. And at night, they still had to be awake, making sure that their sheep didn't get in trouble. And I love the fact that something amazing is about to happen to the least of these in the Christmas story. It's awesome to think about that God sees you right where you are. He sees and knows the good news that you need even when you feel like there is no hope and there is no goodness coming. There is no joy to be had. What happens with these shepherds? Verse 9, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Remember, pitch black, and all of a sudden, boom! The dark sky lights up like it's noon. And what happened? They began jumping and cheering with great shouts of good news, great joy. Is that what happened? They fell to the ground. They were horrified. They were filled, not just with a little, not just, oh my, I am scared right now, but with great fear. Have you ever experienced great fear? Not just like, Somebody startled you when they came into the room. That's itty bitty little fear. This is great fear. Like I thought I was going to die and my life flashed before my eyes. I thought it was over. Great fear. And the angel said what to them? What angels always say when they show up? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. 365 times at least in Scripture, one for every single day, either do not be afraid, fear not, do not be anxious. Do you think that God knows something about your heart? Do you think that He knows what you need to hear again and again? Stop being anxious. Stop being anxious. Don't fear. Don't fear. What are you afraid of right now? What is your greatest fear? Many of us build with anxiety. We are filled with dread about something that is about to come up. We are maybe scared out of our minds about a situation. Maybe some of us feel like we're frauds and that if somebody knew what was really going on behind closed doors or who we really are, there's a lot to be anxious about. Finances, family, maybe for you Christmas is an anxiety-ridden time. Fear, fear. And we need to hear again and again, fear not. Okay, here's your cue. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's coming again. For behold, all right, not bad, not bad. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You have to check this out. You have to see this. Turn your attention here. There's good news of great joy. It's not just for you. It's for everybody. It's for all. 
It's for all. Turn to your neighbor and say, especially you. For all people everywhere at all times, God has good news of great joy. And it's not for some. It's for, it's for all people. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So what, what's the good news in the midst of do not be afraid and being so filled with fear? What's, what's the good news of great joy? And maybe they were expecting an answer like, I know that you don't have a lot of money, shepherds, and so uh, guess what? God is going to cha-ching, like dump it on you. Welcome to the first Christmas. You're now filthy rich. Maybe they would have been like, good news, great joy. Maybe some of them were physically in pain. And how many times did they have to like fight off maybe a wolf to protect the sheep and healing, heal me right now. That would be good news of great joy. And instead, what was the message? to the shepherds, the first to hear this good news of great joy. Why don't I have to fear God? Why don't I have to be filled with anxiety? What is the good news? Tell me. How am I going to experience great joy? What is it? What is it? There's going to be a baby. This baby is going to be born. Not someday, but right now. There is a baby that is the best news in the world. I don't know about you, but I wonder if in that moment the shepherds are like, Really? That, that's it? That's good news? There's some, there's some baby? We don't need a baby. We need money. We need a conqueror. We need somebody to come and make all the wrongs right and to heal all that is broken. We don't need a baby in our lives. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. You know what your greatest need is? You know what my greatest need was at 21 years old, facing 20 years in prison, in and out of jail. Do you know what my greatest need was? I needed a rescue. I needed somebody to come and to rescue me. Not to make my life more comfortable. Not to fix all my problems. I needed somebody to rescue me from me. I needed forgiveness. I needed grace that could cover all I had done in my past. I needed grace to meet me. I needed hope in my moments of hopelessness with my drug overdoses and suicidal thoughts. I needed a rescue. I needed a Savior. And rescue came to me where I used to laugh at the concept of Jesus and I used to mock going to services like this when my parents would haul me in once a year to a really lame church service where I would try not to fall asleep And then I realized, I need that baby. I need a Savior to come to live the perfect life I could never live. I needed a Savior to come to fight on my behalf, to conquer sin in my heart and Satan destroying me. I needed someone that was willing to die so I didn't have to die. I needed needed hope of an eternity in heaven because at 21 I realized I deserve hell. I deserve separation from God. I deserve judgment. That's what I deserve. I need a Savior. I need somebody to rescue me right now and forevermore. And a Savior a Savior came. He is Christ, the the anointed one, the one that was chosen 
He is Lord, is what it says. He's the King. A King came and He humbled Himself to be as a baby. The shepherds, the shepherds weren't more deserving than anybody else. In fact, the shepherds may have been more aware of their need than others in that area at that time. Are you aware of the need that you have for rescue, for a Savior? And if so, this Christmas could be the Christmas that we we turn and say, I'm done being king. When I rule my life, I make a mess. But when Jesus the king says, I want to rule and I will rule over you perfectly and I will lead you, I will rescue you, are you willing to step off the throne and to allow the king, the Lord, to be the Lord of your life? And I know this Christmas, it, it might feel like my biggest problem is not sin. My biggest problem is not my mess-ups and my failures. My problem is not inside of me. Preacher dude, if you only knew the stuff that was going on around me and in my life, if you only knew the things that have been done to me, I don't need to be rescued. Those people need rescuing. I'm just fine. I'm a good person. We're good people. For some of us, we might think, I need to be saved from those people that have hurt me and harmed me. And over the years, the number of stories that I've heard of people that have done atrocious things, I don't know if you've walked in and you have a past that you know the things that you have done or have been done to you. And it doesn't feel like a whole lot of hope and it doesn't feel like you're part of the problem. It feels like everybody else is the problem. And I wonder if today you'd be willing to admit my biggest problem is, is inside of me. It's not outside of me. And I need a king. I need a rescuer that can make all the wrongs right and can change me from the inside. I wonder if today you would just recognize the shepherds, the lowly, those that were outcasts and rejected for the most part, that there was not a distance that they could go to run away from God because God is a pursuing God. And He chased after them and He revealed to them good news of great joy. This is good news. That hope is here. That the Savior has come. So number one, behold. Come on. There you go. Hope in Jesus as your good news and your great joy. And number two, if you're, if you're taking notes, if you're jotting anything down, here's the call this Christmas. Worship. Worship. Hope in the only one who actually offers peace. Verse 12, and we will finish with this. Verse 12, and this will be a sign to you. Here's the sign, shepherds. And maybe for, for the shepherds, they were like, okay, you better show me a sign because none of this is making sense. You're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling claws, wrapped up, newborn, lying in a manger, lying in a feeding trough. Wait, wait. Didn't you say Lord, King? Didn't you say Savior of the world? And He's going to be wrapped up laying in a, a barn in the trough where the cows were just eating? This doesn't seem like a very good sign. Show me a sign, God. Here it is. Go. This is where you're going to find the King. The Savior. Verse 13, suddenly, suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Okay, so it's not over yet. It's shocking enough. But then suddenly, 
there was with the angel, solo uno angel turned into what? It's scary enough to have like a 15-foot angel warrior show up in middle of the night and make you pass out and then wake up and hear crazy good news. That doesn't make any sense. But then suddenly, suddenly, turn your neighbor and say suddenly. All right, just want to make sure that they're all awake. All right. Suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude, a multitude. How many is a multitude? It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. You don't even have to know Greek to, to know that, right? You're good. You're good. Of heavenly host, meaning angel armies praising God. So you went from one to thousands or tens of thousands. If it wasn't bright enough, whole sky filled. And what were they saying? I love this. Verse 14. Glory, glory, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, peace among those with whom He is pleased. God offers peace to those whom He is pleased with. Who is He pleased with? Any of those that would bow the knee now, not later. That would say, Jesus, You're the boss of my life. You're the King. Rescue me. You're my Savior. There's peace. Have you experienced that peace? I don't, I don't know what's going on around you, but as followers of Jesus, this Christmas, we can say, no matter what happens to me, no matter what bad news comes knocking, doesn't matter what comes knocking on the door, I can have peace within from a God that is good and that brings joy even in the pain, even in the hardship, and you have all of heaven crying this out. Glory. Who gets glory? Who gets credit? Not you. Look what you did and look how you cleaned up your life and look at how hard you worked and all the achievements. And you know what the angels say to all of your little glories? Ugh. Lame. Lame. Do you know what's awesome though? When all of us can agree with all of heaven, Glory to God. Glory to God. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's worthy of all of our mind's attention and our heart's affection and our will's submission. He's worthy. Not just this Christmas, but every single day of your life. He's worthy. I don't know what glory you're pursuing. I don't know what accolades and attaboys that you long for and the affirmation that you want from others and the way you should be treated and you should be respected. The reality of this Christmas is I deserve nothing but judgment. I deserve nothing but punishment. But there's a glorious God and all heaven knows the glories of this God. And He's able to, in a moment, in a moment, not I'll try harder, I'll do more, in a moment, Glory to this Savior because He is able to overcome all of the bad in your life. He is able to heal all the brokenness. He is able to change your destiny and your eternity from rejection to acceptance here and now and forever more. That is good news. That's good news. That's good news. Everybody say that's good news. That is good news this Christmas. We worship because our hope is in the One. Our hope is in the One. Our hope is not in a person. Our hope 
is not in someone here and now. Our hope is not lost based on things that come and go and shift and change. Our hope is not placed on the horizontal. Would you this Christmas choose to stop shopping around horizontally for satisfaction and joy and hope when eternal joy, eternal good news is being offered to you vertically once and for all, never changing? That's the only good news in our world in the fallenness of our society. That's the only hope. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's hope. He's your hope. Do you believe it? Do you believe? Do you believe? And what if this Christmas could be an opportunity for you to hope again, but to hope in the right place, in the right person, once and for all? Jesus, my hope is in you. I worship you. I celebrate all that you are. Glory to God this Christmas. Jesus not only revealed God's glory on earth, He died so that the glory would be final resting place for all those that bow the knee to King Jesus forever and ever. He changes our hearts that we be filled with hope and peace. And I just want to say this as we as we land the plane. Everybody say, land the plane. I don't know where you're at tonight. We're not going to do a big, big ordeal of raising hands or walking aisles or signing cards. But I would say this. As we wrap up tonight, I want to make myself available to a number of our men to be able to stick around. And if, if tonight you say, I need prayer, I need encouragement, I need hope in a hopeless situation, that you wouldn't walk away tonight, but that that we would be able to pray together, that we would be able to ask together. And maybe you came tonight and you're like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know the first step that we'd be able to have that discussion tonight. If you don't know where you are headed for all eternity, if you know tonight you're not right with God, the one that is worthy of all of your affection and all of your passion and the place where you can find joy and peace forevermore, if that's not your experience, it can be. It can be tonight.